This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Really nice breakdown of Miles Murphy. I know Mike will have great video breakdown over on his Twitter page, Bengals underscore Sands. I can say that because I've already retweeted it, and I'm sure you'll have a piece later in the next 24 hours up about Miles Murphy. Yeah, uh, I got a plane ride, and I'm probably going to write it all there. I want to watch a few more games. I want to watch 2021. That's the big one. And it might end up being Monday just because I really want to nail this one. And I'll probably have the second round pick up that Friday or something. So I don't know if I want to get it out tomorrow just because it's such a short time. So, and then you hit Saturday and nobody's going to read that. So it might be a Monday morning article. It might be a Monday morning article, but I'm going to be grinding some Miles Murphy film and trying to get all the good juicy stuff in there and really nail down the evaluation. Cause I watched three games. That's, that's all I ended up getting of him I'm watching us Notre Dame, North Carolina, and uh, somebody else in the ACC. So, uh, Good matchups, though. I think the Notre Dame left tackle is supposed to be somebody next year in the draft. I think Asim Richards for North Carolina is also supposed to be a draft prospect. I don't know if that's next year or not. So there, there's – these face some guys. I know people have poo-pooed the ACC offensive tackles a little bit, but that feels like, you know, those are real guys if they're going to play in the league. Well, you watched. You said you only watched three games. That's probably three more than some of the Twitter reaction I'm getting right now. Most of it. Most of the Twitter reaction. Yeah. I tweeted when I did my Edge article and I got the, the stupid. I got the – he was the first guy. And I listed – I said, if he is there, they're going to run this card to the podium. They were really fast. They said that the Bengals were right? really fast when they ran the – when they ran. I the want a little – I didn't put him in my box draft because I thought he'd be gone. This. That was out of your article right now. I, like, I'm going to post that tomorrow. That's what you're going to see tomorrow is my old article where I said the Bengals are probably running to the podium if this guy's available. They I did. I mean, I, I wasn't watching the, the Twitter version or I wasn't watching the TV version. I was kind of scrolling on Twitter because I wanted the early reaction to it. And somebody said the Bengals took no time to run their to 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 make their phone call and the card to be ran up to uh, the commissioner. So and Zach Taylor even said he goes, I was surprised he was there to be completely yeah, honest with you. That's you the too? thing. The, the the reach talk is shocking to me because this is a guy, and maybe they just didn't know because he was never as mock drafted to the Bengals. This is a guy that was mocked in like 20, 18. The mid, the mid first round is where this guy was supposed to go. It wasn't a reach, people. It was a first round pick. In my opinion, I watched him on film and I thought first round pick. And Brandon Thorne, friend of the show, he was on. He said, Ike McWanu. Uh, who went what six overall last year had that Murphy and him, they had a battle. He had some good reps against Icky. So I'm going to try to find that one real bad, but uh, yeah, this, this is, this is a dude. This is a guy that I think people should be more excited about. He was a faller in the draft. I think, I think somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I think on the consensus board, he would be higher this year than Dax Hill was last year. Really? And I, feel I like think Dax Hill was more like mid-late first, and this was a middle-middle first uh, consensus, I believe. I could be wrong. It could be around the same place, but it definitely wasn't a reach. I think everybody will feel so much better after hearing this because the first initial uh, reaction is because you're hearing these bigger names. And at the end of the day, we don't know how everybody's going to pan out. And the draft was all over the place. A lot of the guys we thought would go in the top 10, I think you could even say Daniel Jeremiah when he looked at Dalton Kincaid, he's like, I'm 
extremely surprised that he's still here. He was really hyping him out, up in his uh, mock drafts that he was going to go in the top 10. Uh, it was just, it was different teams, re- some of them reaching, some of them trading. And um, I think Bengals fans could should feel a lot better about this pick give it give it some sleep 24 hours and and when the season starts and he's making an impact on the defensive line i think it's going to be absolutely huge but we're going to move on because this is going to be our last podcast till we react to it on sunday we're going to talk about the rest of the round for the cincinnati Bengals if they stay put or if they get more draft picks number 60 is next with the way the first round kind of went for them what do you expect for the cincinnati Bengals at 60. so i thought that Isaiah Foskey is kind of like a lesser version of Miles Murphy. I thought they'd be interested in that, but with Murphy already taken, they're not going to go with another edge. Sam Laporta, who I mocked to them in my mock draft, my realistic one, I had Murphy as an honorable mention again because I didn't think he'd be there. If I thought he'd be there, I would have put him there. Although I put Forbes there, who went much higher than I thought. So hard to predict the draft, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think they would run the card up if it was Laporta. I don't think they were fully in on Mayor. I think they would have taken Mayor. If well, him or Porter would have been interesting, but I think they would. There's a scenario they could have taken Mayor or Kincaid, but I do think they kind of like the sweet spot of the second round for their tight end, and that could be Tucker Craft. But I think the likely one is Sam Laporta. These tight ends are falling. They're falling more than you expect. Luke Musgrave could be there. I think that would be something they would be into. You're thinking of every tight end that's available right now. Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington. Like there was all this talk about four tight ends in the first round, right? Two. One, one, sorry. Mayor didn't go in the first round. Yeah, just one. There's been one tight end that's gone. So you've got Mayor, Laporta, Kincaid, Kraft, Washington, all these guys that the Bengals probably have some interest in at pick 60. I think that's going to end up being the sweet spot for them. I I don't think they would go with a – like Keanu Benton, I don't think you double dip D line in front seven like that. They could go corner. It's a deep corner class too, and you're looking at you know Porter Jr. still available. That was surprising, and then DJ Turner didn't sneak into the first round like some predicted. Tyreek Stevenson didn't sneak into the first round like some predicted. Julius Brents is available. Uh, so there's four outside guys. Clark Phillips is available if you want an inside guy. So there, there's plenty of corners. I think they're in a good spot. I think this is a good draft for them so far. A lot of wide receivers, and it was unexpected because there was that rumor about one wide receiver has a first-round grade, and then bam, 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 four wide receivers in a row go, and that's just great for the Bengals. And then Felix under DK Uzama and Nolan Smith going after the Bengals, also nice because they're not interested in edge rusher anymore. So take those guys. Take as many edge rushers as you want. So that's that's where I think I am, is that I would expect tight end or corner with the next pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could – I just think running back's going higher than we expect, and we're seeing that so far. Uh, so my mind, I went – it could be Charbonnet at 60, but I think I think they're more in on Roshan Johnson later on than they are at Charbonnet in the second round and maybe a trade down in the second round. A lot of options, a lot of options out there that we'll have to uh, – Monitor, you know, it feels like pick 60 is just as hard to predict as pick 28 was. I think it's one of those, I think they're going to move up. Because, so last year they moved up just a little bit for Cam Taylor Britt. The year before they moved back in the second round, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say it was the Jackson Carmen pick. So it just feels like, you talked about it being their sweet spot. It feels like one where they, they, hey, their guy's there in the 50s. Maybe we see them move up a few spots. But I think that would be Laporta for them. 
Really, Laporta? Or, or it, Musgrave, maybe, even. I think they want one of these tight ends. I, I do, wrong. too. What, where do you think Michael Mayer is going to fall in the second round? <sighs> I think early 30s. I don't think it's going to be far. It really felt like this might have been him. And then the Eagles don't need a tight end. The Chiefs don't need a tight end. The Saints could have used him, but they went for C, which is just such a Saints pick, which the Saints are similar to the Bengals. I think that's yeah. why you're seeing some overlap there. But they like the big, they like the big defensive lineman, and that's what Brissy is. So uh, I, I didn't think that was overly surprising, although just they didn't get their tight ends. So it was a little bit surprising they might not have gone Michael Mayer there. I uh, I haven't looked at the early second round yet. I don't think Arizona's in. They took Trey McBride. They just gave Ertz a deal. I don't think Pittsburgh's in with Fryermuth. So there might just be less tight end landing spots than we predicted. Like maybe this tight end class is just as good as we thought, but maybe the landing spots aren't all there. I don't think he makes it past like a Green Bay though. No, I, I definitely agree with you. It's probably going to be the the 30s for him, maybe early 40s. Um, yeah. but, but for the Bengals, yeah, I could totally see 60 being a tight end position for them. But I do want to go back to running back because it's so crazy. We've talked about it all offseason, the positional value of running back. You mentioned Bijan. You were Bijan from the start. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. You do not get running back in the first round. Then we're like, you know, Jameer Gibbs. I, I kept seeing these stories. Even Daniel Jeremiah, he's like, he's going to go in round one. But I don't think anyone had him going in the top 12. And I thought that was a little surprising for the Detroit Lions because he could have possibly been an option for the Cincinnati Bengals. But look, their mindset could have been defense all along just with how the board was falling. Uh, what did you think about the the running back situation in the first round? Crazy. And it's just... I don't think the NFL has bought into the idea running backs don't matter. And that's fine. Um, I do think there's the argument that it's harder to find running backs the further in you go. And it's a very safe first round pick. If you want a safe first round pick, I don't think you can get safer than a running back. Uh, So, I mean, there's been misses. Like people point to Trent Richardson or Clyde Edwards Alaire, but most of the time you're at least getting like a Travis Etienne type where like, that's a pretty good runner. Um, And it's hard past round three to find a starting level running back. And this is supposed to be a deep class. And I think it is a deep class, but I do think it's, it's harder than you guys think to find that Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. Every Isaiah Pacheco is awesome. And you don't remember any of the seventh round running backs that didn't make become anything because why would you, Uh, there's been hundreds of those guys for every Pacheco or Carson. So I think the running back is interesting. Charbonnet fits a lot of what they like. It's just what Brian Callahan said on Locked on Bengals that is stopping me from really believing in that because he said they're looking for a guy that complements Mixon well, where Mixon is a really good runner, a strong runner, a grinder. That's kind of Charbonnet too. And Charbonnet is a good receiver, but that Mixon's got good hands. Mixon's a good receiver. I think what you're missing is either the pass protection or the explosive plays out of the receiving game. So... Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears. If you think that Charbonnet could develop into a good pass protector because he didn't do it much at UCLA, maybe that's how you take him there. Um, but man, I would I'm leaning heavy on tight end corner in round two. Could you, be O line too. Let's not forget Dewan Jones. No, no, not at all. But but with the running back situation, talk about someone who compliments Joe Mixon with the way the way things have been going over the last couple of years, it really feels like they're looking for a running back who they're gonna put out there on third down. Yeah, I think so. And I'm hoping it's a guy you can trust in two-minute drill too. Like that was the one thing about Jameer Gibbs is 
if you get Jameer Gibbs, do they trust him in two minute drill? Because he's not a pass protector right now. You might just live with it. And I took this, I took a running back in the first round. He's not going to not be on the field for that, but they paid Mixon all that money. He wasn't on the field for it. So I, I think they value that pass protection and two minute drill situations more than they value the pass catching. So that that's the interesting part to me about when you're talking about finding like maybe a Ty J Spears type to be your running back to your change of pace back. I like Ty J Spears a lot and I think he would compliment Mixon well, but that does, it, it leads you into maybe asking Mixon for the pay cut and sign Zeke thing so that you have a pass protecting running back on the roster. Or maybe you look into a fullback and that's just your pass protection back because the Bengals kind of did that with Brian Leonard mm-hmm. way back, leaping Leonard. Oh yeah. Uh, friend he was, of the show. He was, yeah. Friend of the show. He was, he was more, he was their pass protection guy. And that's why he was on the field for that leaping play it was third down back pass protection, two minute drill. This wasn't the same coaching staff, but it's the same idea where you want that guy you could trust in pass protection. And if he makes a play in the passing game, awesome. But if he's just being a consistent, solid pass protector, that's what they're looking for in those two minute drills. You're probably just sprinkling in a guy that you think is an awesome receiver into certain moments that you think we need a spark. You know, this is like, you know, you've got the defibrillator. <laughs> Let's jolt this offense. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be intriguing about tomorrow night because you get your second and third round. Is it tied in? Is it running back? Do they double dip this weekend? Um, But the good news is when you look at the needs going into this draft, I think a lot of people have to remember that this was a need with Miles Murphy. It was extremely important going into the 2023 season and, and filling that void and adding to what you needed to on the defensive line hopefully getting more pressure on the opposing quarterback. So you you move that out of the way. You move on to tight end running back. You mentioned offensive line. How do you feel about the offensive line class, just kind of the way it went in the first round? About expected, I think. Yeah. Do you, do you disagree? <laughs> it's pretty it – it's just – it's not that exciting. Not that it, yeah. it just wasn't the normal offensive line class. I felt like, besides when the top guys yeah. were gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think where you are with with it now, Anton Harrison went, I believe, right? Yeah, he went. He um, so like where you are now, at tackle to me, it's Dewan Jones or a project. And Dwan Jones himself is, you know, not a mm-hmm. complete thing, but he's more plug and play. Than anybody else, I don't think there's another guy at tackle that I would feel good about them starting week one, uh, or even this year, pretty much. So guard, center, I think there's some guys they could look into. And if you want to listen to Lockdown Bengals, take it very literally. Yeah, did uh, say Brian Callahan said we got a lot of tackles and we're looking for interior help. So if you want to take that literally. I don't think they're going to push a guy with Volson though. So that's where I keep coming back to day three offensive line. It it could be round two and it could even, you know, they could even add a tackle, but throwing another project into the mix might not, you know, it's kind of, you've got Deontay Smith as your project. You've got Jackson Carmen as a little bit of a project. You've got, you got all these projects. <laughs> uh, so maybe find a guy that can really play. Like you trust to really play out there. Cody Ford's a project too. So that's kind of where I am on the offensive line. I think there's, I think there's some guys that are interesting, but they're almost all projects other than getting a Dewan Jones. 
Yeah, I think it's important and, and it just is not the same offensive line class like it used to be or used to be over, over the last couple of years. But no. you, do have, you do have to look at the center, the backup center position. I think so, too. That's that's where I keep coming back to is their backup center right now is Trey Hill. And I don't know how much they trust it because we haven't seen well, we haven't really. Well, You're right. He played hurt. <laughs> Ted Karras is playing hurt in that Bills game instead of coming out. Uh, we haven't seen him leave. And Trey Hill did take snaps and was up and down his rookie year, but he was a rookie. So maybe that's why. But I, I do think maybe they want to upgrade that. And then you're talking about the flexibility to back up any interior spot and take the role of a guy who played a very crucial role, but take that Max Sharping role. Maybe you're talking Ricky Stromberg in the fourth round. That's my guy. That's who I would take and look at heavily. I think he's a top 100 player, but maybe they're looking a little bit earlier. Maybe they look for Joe Tipman, who didn't go. Luke Weipler, I believe. Um, there's still some guards available. Osiris Torrance didn't go. I don't think Steve Avila went. So neither big-name guard went. There, there's plenty of interior guys that I feel comfortable that if they had to play early on, I'd feel fine. Better than the tackles. And that's expected, though. right? You find your tackles on day one. You find your guards day two. Maybe day three, even. Yep. All right. I want to get to more on the offensive line next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.